0: A headline making storm system comes to the region and it does not hit Minnesota. This is way over our heads. A Weather and Climate Podcast. I'm Jim Dubois. Climatologist Kenny Blumenfeld's with me. Kenny, how you doing?
1: Oh, I'm doing well. I'm glad we're inside. This is not <laughs> a good day to be recording by Minnehaha Creek, is it?
0: No, it isn't. Well, it's wet once again and uh, that winter storm came through. I mean, we got uh, at least the uh, probably the least snowy element of it, although it did snow here in the Twin Cities. But they got clobbered. Oh yeah, up in North Dakota. I mean, yeah. some of those photos are unbelievable.
1: Yeah, what a storm. So yeah, we not only did we get less snow than other areas, but we also got less precipitation. It was, you know, it was a long drawn out storm. So there were four days where there was precipitation, but really. Twin Cities area, southern Minnesota, didn't see all that much precipitation, half inch, maybe three quarters of an inch, heavier precipitation up to the north and especially northwest Minnesota. But it was out west within 50 miles of the North Dakota border. And then really, as you got west into North Dakota, that's where the snow really piled up. So we did have towns you know, near the Red River that reported six, seven, eight, even up to 10 inches of snow in Minnesota, but by far the bigger story was what happened on the other side of the red river in North Dakota man over two feet in devil's lake Langdon had close to 30 inches there were unconfirmed reports of three feet of snow but the highest official reports were and there were quite a few of them stretched between the Bismarck area and the devil's lake area right up to the border with Manitoba you know 26 28 29 inches of snow and uh, it wasn't just snow Jim it rained before the snow fell and then the winds cranked up. And so a lot of the photos that people have seen uh, were really from the combined effect of the wind and the snow. The winds were going 40, 50, 60 miles an hour. And once you have snow being blown at highway speeds, you, you get, I don't care if the temperature's 31 degrees, you get massive drifts. And right, so they we're, we're
0: talking blizzard conditions, oh. and that's why the interstates were closed. I-90 was closed, I-94 was closed.
1: Oh yeah, it was, yeah. I-94 through right through North Dakota, I-29, uh, right up to Oh, the I'm Zipper. sorry,
0: I-29, yes. Oh, I-90 yes. in South Dakota was close, okay. too. So okay. you actually you're, right. you're fine. Right. Yeah,
1: cuz there was so there wow. was lesser snow of about a foot that stretched southwestward through much of South Dakota. So this was a widespread regional major snowstorm. What do you think made it a little odd?
0: Boy, i got to give that some thought, Kenny. Um, well, the a, time of the year yeah, must have made it very odd. Made it odd, yes. <laughs> There's actually
1: two things that made it odd. I mean, you can think of the big, crippling blizzards of this region, and you think of where, where and when do we see 30 inches of snow, and I'll tell you, usually it's up along the North Shore. Usually, it's uh, maybe on the, on the South Shore of, you know, of Lake Superior in northern Wisconsin or in the Upper Peninsula. 30 inches of snow anywhere in our region is not that common, but when you get it, it's most likely going to be in the snow belt areas. It's pretty arid in North Dakota, and so getting those kinds of amounts in a single storm very, very rare. So that's one element that we just don't see very frequently. There have been only about 10 total days on record in North Dakota where they've received 30 inches of snow over three days. And so now you've got 11. And uh, the, the other thing is, yeah, most of those events, if you are going to see them, you know when they occur, during friggin' winter. Right. Yeah, right. yeah not, not. <laughs> yeah, a, maybe
0: November, yeah, maybe, maybe November, November, but not October, not, and not, not mid-October. First half of first October. First half of October, yeah, right, right, right.
1: So that's what made it pretty unusual. Uh, there was thunder and lightning, so there was thunder, snow, strong winds. Uh, Zero visibilities for hours on end, uh, huge drifts that just took over some of the highways. So drifts of snow that were the size of garages. It was really now one of the things that we've got enough time. So one of the things you have to watch is does this snow just melt and run right into the Red River and run right into the into Devil's Lake? How much are water levels gonna come up? Uh, Or is it somehow going to stick around for the season? That seems quite unlikely. You'd need it to stay really, really cold. And already we're starting to see warm air masses kind of show up again on the horizon. So uh, my guess is that the sun is strong enough to melt a lot of this snow and the air will be warm enough to melt a lot of it. So they're just getting a, a huge bonus of soil moisture, which they don't need. This area's already been very wet. Uh, and they're gonna get a uh, huge influx of water into their local hydrology. so I don't know if it's gonna set you know if we're gonna have spring flooding in the fall that would be that would be a bit much
0: but right. quite unusual wouldn't it be yes ha- but- yeah
1: it would be but there already has been some major flooding up along the Red River and there already has been just from all that precipitation and precipitation that had fallen previously. so uh, it's it certainly, it's certainly on the table that we see spring flooding from snowmelt during the fall. So this is a strange system. And we've been here before, Jim, where we're talking about the one thing we need is just for them to stay dry now. They right. like to not see any precipitation in the forecast, especially any significant precipitation. So do you think we have good news or bad news for them?
0: Well, I, I we'll, we'll get to that in just a moment. Okay. I did have a question for yeah. you, though. What has the impact been on agriculture because there has to have been crop loss i mean certainly delayed livestock loss as well delayed harvest i mean this can't be good for farmers
1: yeah no i think that the areas that were hit by that kind of snow were devastated i mean because you're done if you have i don't care what you're growing i mean you know north dakota it's sugar beets potatoes and sunflowers Uh, there's some wheat also quite a lot of wheat but two, three feet of snow will just bury whatever's in your fields and you can't get in and the next time you can get in, it's going to be a big puddle. So uh, it sounded devastating, some of the livestock losses were also pretty devastating. Uh, one of the other things, you may have seen some of these pictures, the ditches were often filled with water as the snow was melting and some of the culverts were being clogged and so the ditches were filled with standing water. So. There were cars were sliding off the road and getting submerged. And there were actually photographs in North Dakota of cars that had gone off the roads and were, you know, over their hoods in water. So uh, kind of a multi-hazard issue there. Yeah. Uh, In terms of what happened up in northwestern Minnesota, I think the impact was a little bit lower. And it's more like, well, it's just been really, really wet. But it's kind of a, a different flavor of the same problems we've been having. Sounds like... From what we heard that was the last thing that the north dakota farmers needed was to get a you know a january size blanket of snow uh, right around harvest
0: right well now here in the twin cities we're uh, recording this on october 15th and it looks lush just today i was amazed driving down minnehaha parkway in south minneapolis the grass looks like it's June, the, the and
1: trees are starting to show a little pop though exactly too yeah, yeah i
0: mean we're seeing some color now but i mean looking also at uh, the flowers, I mean, there's some signs that things are starting to slow down, but we haven't officially gone to 32 degrees yet no, we? No, not have our have frost. We, yeah. we, we really yeah. thought we were yeah. gonna get it, too. And it doesn't look like there's frost coming for the next several days, no, either we're, does there?
1: We're so, you know, mixed blessing, I suppose. Uh, here in the central and southern parts of the state, those areas that have invaded at killing frost that gives people some chance yet to get back out in the fields and do some work. But you do need it drier than it's been. Right. We need a few good days, or several good days of sunshine and uh, those kind of dry conditions. You know, we're, we're not in the same pattern we were in a couple weeks ago where it was raining every three days or for three, four days in a row and then you'd get a one or two day break and it would rain again. But it is still a wet pattern. There's no real sign insight that we break this wet pattern not by the end of the month
0: <laughs> right well this will only impact some of our listeners but last night that'd be the early morning hours of tuesday october 15th a lot of us were awakened around two thirty here in the twin cities area yeah. with Thunder, the sound of hail falling on our houses, yes, absolutely, and a lot of lightning. I mean, I was amazed how much lightning there was. And uh, there were reports in parts of the Twin Cities, quarter-inch, even up to half-inch hail from what I understand.
1: Yeah, probably right, uh, your neighborhood and my neighborhood was probably uh, right in that hail core. Uh, You could hear the hail on the roof, and it hailed hard, but it was small.
0: Right, so not damaging. Yeah.
1: But it was a hard falling hail, and uh, the, there was some wind and the, the freezing heights of the air. You know, if you go up a certain height, the, the air always cool generally cools with height, and you get
0: adiabatic lapse rate. Well, There's this, one for you. Okay, that's okay. a good word, Jim. <laughs> but this wouldn't be adiabatic. Would it? This would be the
1: environmental lapse rate, which just ah, means that. so okay. So the, this is just the amount that the temperature changes as you ascend naturally. So if you were to climb a ladder. That's the temperature, you know, if you climbed a ladder up to the clouds, the temperature changes at varying levels depending on the composition of the air and of that particular air mass. And so, uh, but on your ladder climb up to the cloud level and beyond, the temperature generally drops and it drops at whatever rate the sort of atmospheric conditions. Provide now that adiabatic lapse rate would be dry,
0: correct? Would that dry or wet? Well, let's let's just start with the gist of it, sure, Jim.
1: Uh, That would be if you were to grab a, a a volume of air and carry it with you, and it was sealed so that no air could leave the bag or what the container, but it was free to expand and contract as the atmospheric pressure decreased on it now as you carry that bag upwards with you it's going to change temperatures at a different rate than the air that's around it and that is set by the combined uh, effect of gravity and whether or not the air is uh, completely saturated with water vapor or is dry so if it assuming it was kind of typical air mass. It
0: would be the dry adiabatic lapse rate. 3.5 degrees Fahrenheit uh, per, uh, okay, help me out there. thousand feet. thousand feet, yes, Something thank like you. Something like that.
1: Yep, yeah. I, it, I, know, I know from, because we use the metric and the scientific standard of units, so... Uh, so
0: it'd be Celsius and meters, correct? Yeah, Yeah. yeah, right. yeah. Right. Kilometers, so, right. So, mm. it,
1: you know, it's 9.8 degrees uh, per kilometer.
0: Okay, so, um, got it. Celsius. Right.
1: So it's... Uh, and then, but if once there's once it saturates, it's a slower rate. But in any case, uh, the the temperature of the you know when you've got cool starting conditions, so temperatures in the 40s near the surface, you don't have to go up that high before the uh, before the air is below freezing. So the height at which hailstones were forming was pretty low last night. And so it was very easy for these storms once they once they started producing good updrafts to crank out, you know, dime-sized hail. Right. Is and this unusual
0: for this time of the year?
1: I mean, yes and no. We okay. don't get a lot of hail in October or November, but if you get a thunderstorm in October or November, it is fairly likely that it will produce hail for that exact same reason, because the, there's an abundance of uh, sub-freezing air for that storm to access. And one of my favorite... Kind of nerd memories of the last many years was in december of 2015 this was amazing uh, a little line of thunderstorms came through in the morning came through the twin cities area in the morning and it produced rain hail sleet grapple and then snow as it was
0: leaving so a wintry mix oh yeah it was everything it was <laughs> yeah, great
1: right. i mean you know this, the whole we, gambit yeah. oh yeah and we watched this we were euphoric i mean <laughs>
0: And what's grapple again? We, we need to oh, talk yeah. about that. grapple
1: yeah. would be, uh, yeah, grapple is a, kind of the fun one to throw around at the party if you want to both <laughs> impress and annoy people. Uh, it's also called uh, snow pellets or soft hail. Okay. And it forms basically when you have uh, what's called rime ice. It's basically a, an accretion of ice around the whatever the original precipitation droplet is. It's not the same as hail in that it generally only takes one trip up and down, whereas hail often takes multiple trips, and each trip you add a layer, and that's why you can cut hailstones in half and you see rings on them. Right, much uh, like trees. Yeah, yeah, with with grapple, it tends to kind of look a little bit like a cross between hail and sleet. It tends to be pretty small, uh, like the size of a grape nut, okay. <laughs> basically. <laughs> and, uh yeah, I've, I'm giving out descriptions on my feet here. So <laughs> <laughs> grape nut sized uh, precipitation. But it's, uh, yeah, we'll often see it in the shoulder seasons. So you'll see grapple uh, on days where uh, there's sort of squally precipitation and it's not quite rain. It's not quite snow. So you see that grapple. It looks, it'll often blow in drifts. Okay. but uh, But when you look closely, it's these little bouncy pellets, and they tend to be soft, whereas sleet, which also looks like grapple, uh, and forms as basically as precipitation droplets freeze before hitting the ground, uh, sleet tends to be harder and uh,
0: icier. So today is the 15th of October, it's a Tuesday, and yesterday the 14th was pretty pleasant. I mean, considering what we went through over uh, the last days preceding it, And it was a nice uh, sunny day, uh, reasonably warm. I mean, I should say partly cloudy. Sunny was not probably the technical right, right, right. It felt warm, right? Comparatively, it felt pretty nice. (laughs) So, Kenny, what's on the horizon here? Are we going back to some fairly decent mid-October weather again here Uh, in the next few days? Well, you know what?
1: It looks like we get at least one real treat coming, and that's Friday.
0: Okay. So
1: we get a low-pressure system. Remember, everybody, low pressure systems are just counterclockwise rotating uh, weather systems where generally the, the air sort of uh, circulates counterclockwise around the center of low pressure and usually has an upward component to it. Uh, when you get out in front of one of those low pressure systems, the wind tends to come out of the south or southeast. So we're going to be in this nice warm flow. And it looks like on Friday, there's going to be almost, there's going to be few clouds. And it's and we're going to, even if it was cloudy, we'd have temperatures hitting, you know, oh, 60, 65. But with sunshine, we could make a run. Oh, nice. We could make a run at 70.
0: Flirting with 70. Yeah, How nice could, for that, yeah We could yes. make a run at
1: 70. And so Friday is definitely the day to beat. It's the day to make sure you get outside. Uh, but really, from even thursday and right through the weekend the weather doesn't look terribly cool uh mild to slightly above normal temperatures and uh you know by the time we get into sunday we we might have another major weather system to deal with it the models are kind of playing loves me loves me not with this this well we know there's going to be a major weather system it's right. going to be somewhere in the region, and it looks like it's going to be Sunday-ish, maybe Monday, somewhere Sunday, Monday. But what we don't know is exactly where – when I say we don't know exactly where it's going to be, we don't know if it's going to be in South Dakota or if it's going to be in Wisconsin. And those, those differences have big connotations for our weather because uh, if it's in Wisconsin, we're on the cold side, and it would be, tend to be kind of miserable. And if it's in South Dakota, we'd be on the warm side, and it might be, it might be warm and muggy. Uh, The difference between that uh, late weekend system and the one on Friday is the one on Friday looks very dry. Maybe some precipitation up in northern Minnesota, but it just doesn't look like it's going to produce much. So we're going to get a treat of really warm air and uh, a wind shift coming after it. But no real transition precipitation, meaning just a kind of a rare, dry, low pressure system for us uh to kind of soak in some additional rays on uh, on friday over right. the weekend even if we do get into the warm side of that system it's going to be moist uh chance for thunderstorms again and also a chance for heavy rain but this is all kind of dependent on where that thing goes the farther west it goes the more likely it is that listeners in minnesota will see thunderstorms on sunday maybe monday the farther east it goes uh the the more likely it is that we end up just on the cool side with a cool kind of soaking rain.
0: Okay. No snow associated with this? I don't
1: think so. You know, up in northern Minnesota, it's basically now early winter, so you can't ever rule out snowflakes with any weather system up there. And I'm talking, you know, north of Duluth, basically Highway 2 and up. Um, But for the majority of Minnesota, uh, there's no signs of uh, heavy snow or any accumulating snow. Uh, for the next week at least okay
0: so uh get ready for some nice mid-october um, moving to late october weather coming up later this week and get ready for more rain
1: yeah i think so i think you're going to see people scrambling in the fields and also the all the master gardeners are going to be out <laughs> they're going to be out <laughs> uh doing as much as they can in their yards uh friday looks like a great day to be outside
0: okay well good Kenny Blumenfeld's a climatologist. I'm Jim Dubois. We're here at the Town Hall in South Minneapolis. This is Way Over Our Heads, a weather and climate podcast. Kenny, great talking with you as always, and uh, we'll catch you next week.
1: We'll catch you next week. Thanks so much, Jim.